This episode is brought to you by DRB Facility Services. DRB provides a full range of facility services for both corporate and government clients. To learn more, please visit drbfacilityservices.com. That's drbfacilityservices.com. Hi, I'm Juliette Mayers. Welcome to Entering the Inspiration Zone with Juliette Mayers, a podcast for business professionals and entrepreneurs seeking positive connection and professional development. As an accomplished author, speaker, DEI strategist, and member of Forbes Coaches Council, I am living the dream, and I love helping others achieve their dreams. Each episode, I will share with you actionable steps that you can take to build the work and life you've imagined. Welcome. I'm so excited to have with me today, Kip Hollister. Kip is the founder and CEO of the Hollister Group, and she's celebrating 35 years as a successful business enterprise. Hollister Group components, both staffing and the cultures division, which I think makes a whole lot of sense when you hear Kip talk, you'll understand why that's such an important element to her. And it also ties in with our topic today, which is winning with values-based leadership. So welcome, Kip. Thank you, Juliet. I am absolutely thrilled to be with you. Wonderful to have you here. So Kip, tell us about yourself. We always start with our listeners by getting a sense of who they are. So tell us about you. Thanks, Juliet. You know, it's so funny because this past weekend, I was actually reading my journals from like ninth grade. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Burlington, Vermont, four of five kids. And the story of the creation of the Hollister group is a funny one because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, or should I say, I didn't have the vision of wanting to be an entrepreneur, but a former boss wanted to go in business with me. And so we incorporated and the deal was I was going to do what I did best, which was connecting talent with people and building culture. And he would do everything else. Well, fast forward, we incorporated and I got fired from the job that I was in. I didn't have a non-compete, but they found carpet samples in my drawer. And so there I am on the streets of Boston calling this now partner of mine who tells me he can't go through with it. Now, this is in 1988, Juliet, where a woman could not get a loan by herself. And so fast forward through sheer grit and vision, which you are big on and dreaming, right? I took this risk and I went through with becoming an entrepreneur. And I look back at that, we're in our 36th year, and I think what excited me so much was about building a company that was values-driven, that cared about people, but also that was connecting talent with great companies in a way where the heart is at the center. Wow. Wow. So I have to back up a little bit and ask you about the carpet samples. I didn't 
(laughs) (laughs) Didn't quite get that one. That's so funny. Well, I was working for another staffing company and the carpet samples were found in my right-hand drawer for the new company, the Hollister Associates at the Ah. time. And so they changed the locks on the door. And I was filled with shame and also very humbled to say, well, this is my calling. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. meant to go do this. And then the next shoe dropped and I'm there alone. So it's a story of resilience, of pure grit. And by the way, I had no idea how to run a business. I had never taken a finance accounting course, but what I did know is that I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. And I really thought this would be a blast to create an organization that cares and puts people first. And so if you look through this whole time of 35 years, I mean, been through three recessions, a pandemic, a loss of a son in 2018. Thank you. It's been really a road of challenges of highs of lows and still the values are at the core center of it all with leading yeah i think that's amazing when i think back to the time in which you were starting this business it was not the best of times right and so not at all yeah so congratulations to you for following your passion and for sticking with it and as a fellow entrepreneur i certainly mm. can relate to some of it Although I have to say that 35 years is a very long time. And having gone from where you are to, not to say that I won't be 35 years at some point, but I'll be retired by then. So good for you. So you mentioned from the very beginning, you were focused on values. So tell me about that. Oh, I'll never forget. Actually, Kelly McGibbon was one of my consultants who came to me and she said, Kip, can we teach resume writing to a place at the time? It was Training Inc. And so we started to get a cohort team together of consultants that brought in the trainees and coached them on resume writing, coached them on interviewing. And what I believe is that when you can connect dots with what lights you up, so I'm big at being lit up about what you're doing and serving others, which doesn't necessarily pay you anything, but it's about the greater good, that it really makes a difference in the culture and building the culture of your company. And I just, you know, I'm a preacher's kid. So I think I was raised by a dad that, you know, was always about to whom much is given, much is expected. Wait, what is it? Much is required. Yes. To whom much (laughs) is given, much is required in return. Mm -hmm. And I lived and lived by that motto. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So you're a PK, as they say, right? I'm I'm a a PK. Yeah, I used to (laughs) Sunday school. So I I actually know these things. No, fantastic. And so you went from starting the company, determining what kind of company that you want, and then hiring people and figuring this all out without Mm -hmm. a business finance background. So Mm -hmm. tell me, what do you think was the key? I'm sure there was more than one, but the biggest contributor to your success. I will say for myself as leader, I think it was my ability to be vulnerable, to surround myself with people that are better than me, to be able to make bold decisions. That's a toughie because in my younger years, I wanted to be popular. And I will admit that. And that was a very scary time when you're in a recession and you got to make some choices. And I mean, even in the second recession, I got a home equity line. So it's also 
being fearless amidst the chaos of the outer world and keeping your own inner northern star, which for me was connection and energy of the heart in doing the right thing. You know, I lay my head down every night and I can say I'm doing the right thing. So for me, it was never about making money. It was about creating success with and through other people and to build other people's lives around employment right. in a rich way. Yeah. And you mentioned the pandemic and some of the major things that have happened. And so I have to ask you, we obviously just came through a major pandemic and the staffing industry got was, hit. Yeah. So what was the impact for you and what changed so much? And we're still moving through it because I believe that it's all about relationship. And so when people now are working behind Zoom and cultures, everything to me, and so people are not coming into the office, I also personally don't believe in mandates. And I've said to my company, to all of my colleagues that I want us co-creating what it looks like. That said, Juliet, not everybody is wired, one, to lead it during this time. It takes a different skill set. Two, not all are wired to be able to work from home. Right. And so we have to kind of discern as leaders and as a company how we're going to move through this time and preserve what we have and be in integrity and hold people capable and accountable at the same time. I think that there's an accountability piece that comes in out of this pandemic. And the other thing that I have seen that is so important, like my cultures division, thank goodness we have that because we culture for me is about clearing what's not being said mm -hmm. and getting really good at that. Mm -hmm. And it's also about inclusion and hearing all voices and me not needing to be right. I think that's also led to my personal success is that I don't have this huge ego where it's my way or the highway. I want to listen and discern, but not to the point at which it's a democracy, right? right? So there's that balance. And I think that staffing as a whole, it's been a real challenge for the industry. And I think now it is about relationship. It is about really building connections right. and building your network and seeing the value in who yeah. we are while what we do. Right. So it's the being, you know, it's feeling as if we care about humanity. And I think that's so important right now because people, they don't want to work in a company that isn't value centric right. and doesn't care about the people. Yeah. And I've experienced and observed a lot of the young people in particular who are very clear about their values and what they're looking for in an organization. And I actually think it's a good thing. I know that it can be, uh, I'll be honest, for me personally, I first I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> who's in charge here? <laughs> I know, I know. And, and to use a word that you mentioned, having the humility to mm -hmm. listen, to learn, and co-create really does make a difference. And so what advice would you have for organizations? Because there are many who are still struggling with this return to work, having people not being in front of them where they can actually see them all the time and mm -hmm. monitor them. 
What advice would you give to those leaders? Well, I think it's a time for us to build our self-awareness of what makes us tick. Where do we belong, right? I mean, can I effectively work from home if I can't get in the office? I mean, I think that we really, I hate to say it, especially for these larger companies, because I think some of this is managing to some of the individual strengths. And that's why I'm having a hard time mandating because I see some people that are really shining. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's through conversations, Juliet, conversations define our life and being yes. real, right? Real is our acronym in the cultures division, but it's being able to be authentic, be relatable with your people, be vulnerable with your people and be in the learning together right. while leading. It's the patriarchy of business is over. And I don't mean that from like just male, it's the masculine energy of top down. I think we have a whole new paradigm being created out of this. And it's a shared vision, right? Creating a shared vision from people's own individual visions. You know, it's like, why are you here? What do you want? And by the way, not everybody is going to choose its conscious choice. And I'm okay if someone doesn't want to work here. What I'm not okay with is if you're going along to get along and it becomes kind of, well, we're victims because I don't believe in victim consciousness. So I think if leaders and managers are really good at working with their people to focus on their strengths and building their strengths, there is such opportunity. Right. But there's so much work to be done in that area. I know people talk about it all the time in terms of building strengths, building competency and individualized, drawing out the best of people. However, in my observation, (laughs) there are not a lot of people who do it well, and it's not a judgment. I myself certainly am on the journey, but it's something that really needs to be prioritized and people need to also have the humility, right? To totally take the actions that are needed to get there. Right. And it's not complicated. I think some of what you just said is overcomplicated. To become a leader, I have to have the 15 competencies. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be it. How about we just teach the simplistic human way of communication, right? Which you're an expert in. I'm an expert in. And start people having real, authentic conversations. That's like such a gift. Yeah, that's easier said than done because I'm sure you hear it a lot too. The word authenticity is used a lot. And yet I often ask the question, who's authenticity, (laughs) right? Yes. Because people continue to make judgments about others if the authenticity is not what they would expect or define it to be, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. But there's the judgment, Juliet. There's so much judgment in the space, right? I mean, this podcast will get judged, you know, I mean, but you're bold enough to say, you know, I'm stepping in and having real conversations. I mean, I think that if we can all take off our judgment hat and step into this self-inquiry of how can I be the best that I can be and plug into this workplace, And is there alignment or is there not alignment, right? And be able to name it when it's working and name it when it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You signed the CEO Action for DEI pledge. Mm -hmm. So tell us about how that translates into Hollister's strategy and culture. Well, it's interesting because I got that and I signed it. And I'm going to tell you how I feel about DE&I right now. I feel that we as a collective must move towards 
inclusion because even the word DE and I separates. <laughs> and I am, listen, I'm a woman owned business and I understand what goes into it. And so what I'm working on in my own company and the firms that we serve is how do we build people up so that they are seen, heard, validated, and where all opinions matter, all opinions count, and there's safety, there's psychological mm-hmm. safety, trust gets built. Again, goes back to how you communicate. Because if we can start there in how do we have all voices heard around the table, we will be able to create less separation. Mm -hmm. And so is it really about how are we building our cultures? How are we maintaining our cultures? How are we making sure that everybody's voice counts? Right. And I don't have the answer. I think, again, the judgment here is pretty remarkably in the space, which I think has to go away. And I always say that curiosity is the antidote to judgment Mm -hmm. and leaning in to be curious about how can we do a better job? What are our blind spots? What are my personal blind spots? What are your blind spots? And having those conversations without the evil, the anger, the pointing at, the projection, it's too out there. Yeah, the us against them. And as I do a lot of work, my business actually is built most primarily on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. And so I want to make sure that I share my perspective on the D part, because oftentimes people think of the separation part, but really it's about acknowledging the differences. And before we can get to inclusion, and in order to get the mix, we need the D, right? So so I think helping people understand that in a way that is It's not about trying to pull people apart, but it's about making sure that we are reflecting and including people of all different backgrounds when we talk about diversity. And uh, I think inclusion, of course, is the most challenging for people because of the lack of trust. I agree. And psychological safety. Absolutely. If those two things, Juliet, aren't there, you can't welcome the D. Absolutely. And then the D is silenced. So this is where I, you know, this is where I speak about clearing on sets. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think we have certainly a lot of work to do in that regard. It's great that your cultures area is including that as a part of your work. So a big part of what you do and a bit one of your major values is really being engaged in the community. So tell us about the kinds of things that you do in terms of the broader community. So, I mean, we have a philanthropy group and they come up with where they want to go work. And that's awesome because it builds culture, but it also gets them out in the community and they all engage and really enjoy it even now, right? Even post pandemic, we're very active with an organization, Recovery Works, which is all about people with substance abuse disorder, getting them back into the workplace, getting them into the workforce. So our company partners with Recovery Works and offer coaching and resume writing. And even I give mindset trainings and all. We've also housed Connexion, Connexion, right? Actually, I think that's how we met. (laughs) I think you're right. Yes, at my office at 75. That's right, Juliet. Okay, well, I love that organization. And they still have an address here at 28 State Street. So we're always looking for areas to, with workforce development, to create and build impact and offer also that community connection point for Mm -hmm. staff and employees. Mm -hmm. Terrific. So what advice would you give to emerging leaders 
in the staffing industry on developing effective strategic leadership skills? Gosh, <laughs> well, you know what I want to, you know what I want to say. <laughs> Get the cultures group involved. I think that it really does begin, though, Juliet, with seeking to understand one's own self, because without understanding yourself and understanding your own blind spots and self-awareness, which I think is the number one greatest attribute to amazing leaders, you can't model. So it's modeling. Okay. We have to model what the next gen leaders want to see, which is this ability to, I feel, be in humility and vulnerability and own I don't know what I don't know and be okay with that. It's leaving the ego at the door and Mm -hmm. stepping in to creating a more shared humanity. Yeah. And, you know, when you said that, it made me think when you use the word co-create, it also applies to the mentoring, right? Because that really has changed in that there's so much to learn. Oftentimes people think of mentoring top down, or we're going to teach it. There's so much to be gained by listening to that next gen, listening to people who are not necessarily wired the way you are. And to your point, that really understanding self and understanding others becomes even more important. I cannot believe it's actually getting close to our time. So I'm going to do just a couple of things that resonated with me from our talk. And there's been so much. And then I'm going to ask you to tell our listeners how they can reach you. Mm -hmm. So we started this conversation talking about values and the fact that you actually built your company based on values. And so one key takeaway I have and that I want our listeners to think about is what are the values that you are focused on and how can you live and lead more in that space? I think it's very much needed today. And so kudos to you for infusing it into your work. You also talked about the importance of managing to individual strengths in this day and age of where talent is now focused on doing things in a new way. It's not the old paradigm. So how do we as leaders really harness that talent and how important it is to really have real conversations, be authentic, have the humility really to understand and want to be in that learning space so that we can build the kinds of trusting relationships and have that psychological safety that's needed to build trust. I also want to highlight the fact that your organization is philanthropic and the fact we mentioned Connexion, but I also know that there are many other organizations that we've come in contact with each other. And it's a reminder to leaders of how important that community aspect is right? Not just from a branding standpoint, which some companies do, and there's nothing wrong with that, but also in really developing the kind of talent and also developing the workforce and also engaging your workforce, both internally and externally. And last but certainly not least, I couldn't end this without talking about relationships, right? We talked about the power of those connections. And as many of the things that I talk about have to do with that, both in my DEI work, but also in my book, Strategic Networking 2.0, it's such a fundamental thing that we all need to do. It's to strengthen those relationships and really leverage the strength of those relationships to propel us forward. And you have certainly done that, Kip. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And now tell our listeners how they can reach you. 
Thanks, Julia. It's been a pleasure. You can reach us. It's hollistergroup.com is our website. And my email is kip at hollistergroup.com. So delighted to hear and connect with anybody. Terrific. And that will also be included in the show notes. So I want to just thank you once again, Kip, for joining me here on Entering the Inspiration Zone. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Juliet. Love the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Entering the Inspiration Zone. Until next time, we would love to hear from you. So if you'd like to join our mailing list, please send an email to info at inspirationzonellc.com. That's info at inspirationzonellc.com. And be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Thank you and have a fabulous day.